Uh, happy Mother's Day, everyone, and good morning, church family, and all of our new folks that are joining us online. If you are new, we welcome you. Uh, we're so glad that you are here, and uh, you're going to meet some people here in just a moment that I hope is going to bless your life. Uh, there's some people that are in this church. They have some skills. They have some skin uh, in the game and skins on the wall uh, that can really encourage us and teach some things about this life, particularly on this thing called Mother's Day. And so, uh, ladies, I wanted to just say something to you, a uh, quick little word here, then we're going to dive right into our, our gathering here. First of all, Mom, happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you. Man, I just, uh, I just miss having such regular, ongoing fellowship with you and virtual hug, Mom, Mom. Love, 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 love you, Mom. So, so, so thankful for you in my life. But ladies, I want to make this very, very clear. Uh, in the opening chapters of Genesis, Jap Genesis chapter 1, uh, not, not just men, males are made in the image of God. You are made in the image of God. And I, I would just say, I think some of the very best in this world will be in trouble without you, ladies. Uh, we need you. You help us have a fuller picture of who God is and what God is like. And we just want to celebrate all the ladies, uh, not just moms, just celebrate women this weekend. And uh, thank you for who you are. But let's go ahead and, and uh, meet, meet our panel, and let's get into our conversation. So, uh, hey, gals. Uh, happy Mother's Day to you. You're all three moms, and thank you for being here. So why don't we just kind of start here and go around the room and introduce yourself and speak to the camera and let them know who you are and uh, something about your life. So go ahead, Kim. Okay, I'm Kim Garrett. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and a licensed chemical dependency counselor. Okay, and you're a mom. And I'm a mom, and I want to uh, say uh Happy Mother's Day to my own mom, Joyce, and, uh, and thanks to my two kids who made me a mom, Katie and Jordan. Okay, all right. Hi, Janice. my name's Janice, and I'm a licensed professional counselor. I have a practice here in Burleson. Uh, I am also a wife to Bruce of 21 years, and I have two grown boys, 36 and 32, 33, actually, and then I have uh, a significant, my Oldest son has a significant other, and between the two of them, they have five children. Wow. And I love being a grandmother. Uh, happy Mother's Day to my mom, Janice, and I'm glad to be here today. Okay. All right. Cheyenne? Hi, I'm Cheyenne Davis, and I serve here on staff at Pathway as Director of Parent Ministry. Hello to my kiddos, Kanan and Addie. Thank you so much for making me a mama. And also to my mother-in-law, happy Mother's Day, Mia. Happy Mother's Day to my sister, Nicole, Casey, and Ibby. Love you guys so much. That was so smart. Mother-in-laws are very important. Yes. It's not nice. as good. It's <laughs> She's good. feeding me later, yeah, so that's very, important. That was a smart thing to do, Cheyenne. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kim and Janice, you also are licensed therapists mm -hmm. and counselors and everything like that. So I want to make sure uh, you have uh, skins in the skin in the wall, literally from mother, <laughs> being daughters and being moms, but also in your professional training. And so we thank you for being here. Let's talk about Mother's Day as a whole. Uh, it's, such, it's one of the most emotionally charged days of the year. Yes. Let's talk about why. Why is that such an, why is it such an emotionally charged day? I guess I'll start and just say that Mother's Day is emotionally charged for a lot of reasons, and part of it is our expectations of what we think. I think a lot of us live in this world where everything's kind of like the Hallmark Channel, where everything's supposed to be perfect all the time, and there's no such thing as a perfect experience or a perfect day, but that's what we expect. And we expect ourselves to be perfect. We expect our childhoods to have been perfect, and when they're not, uh, we just are constantly um, reevaluating and judging. We expect ourselves to be perfect mothers, another impossible task. So just a tremendous number of expectations that we put on ourselves. And this is the day when all that is supposed to be captured in this one day of the year. And it's too much. Okay. That's my thoughts. Yeah, yeah so I, I really believe that this is a day that creates so many different emotions for moms. Uh, first of all, it brings back a lot of memories, a lot of memories of raising your child and, and sometimes even making mistakes raising your child, right? Wow. Because everything isn't perfect. 
And so it's a day of reflection, I believe, for a lot of moms. And I also think that it's the hardest job on the planet. It is the hardest Amen. job on I the agree. planet. It is. And there's no other job that comes with the level of emotions that motherhood does. Uh, so much joy comes from being a mom. But just as high as that joy can be, the depths of despair can be just as low when yeah. things don't go well or your child is sick or an injury or you know life happens right and so it uses so many different emotions for being a mom okay. on every scale possible yeah. Yeah. Shane you got why to you why it's such an emotional oh, yeah I've, a couple of things um, for me my mom's been gone for the last two years but before she left we had a very um, tense relationship and so when Mother's mm -hmm. Day would approach it was not a hallmark moment. It was very much full of tension, full of conversations that would begin on Sunday and probably wouldn't end until Wednesday. And so it wasn't always cupcakes and roses when you have a toxic relationship right. in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I, I just tell you, I, just, just, I find myself this morning, you know, two sets of moms on, on my heart's just really tugging on. First of all, those moms that have lost children. You know, in this particular church, Pathway Church, we have experienced a lot of death of children uh, way too early and I just I just can't fathom you know what today how that kind of comes about I, I was had a conversation through text with one of those moms this morning and she said she's coping by not being on Facebook mm -hmm. uh, because she just can't handle being on Facebook and seeing everybody else having the grace so that's that's one thing that's why I'm really feeling the emotion of those moms you know, who are just hurting that way. Maybe the, a mom, the, the death of a mom, but a mom with the death of a child. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's also just grieving that. And then, I just, I, I gotta, I'm just gonna touch on this just for a moment, and then we'll kind of get back to our group here. But I want to say something, not just to the pathway uh, folks, mom, ladies, but anyone who's new are gonna be seeing this. Um, if you are a mom, particularly a mom, of an African-American child, uh, especially a boy. Uh, I don't even know what to say. Uh, you know, I have three boys. Uh, they're all white, obviously. <laughs> Dallas is white. and uh, I, I never left with let them leave home or go out to do a jog or whatever, whatever the fear of something happening to them because of the color of their skin. And I know I cannot even fathom what sort of fear. And there's a virus, no, a pandemic, you know, got the, the COVID-19 virus, but there's another virus that just kind of, we flatten the curve some, but not to flat. You know, I just, and I think sometimes we forget that. It's not flat, just totally flat, that, that, that kind of, racial bias that sin that exists in our world that someone's judged or condemned because automatically because of the color of their skin and i don't have a solution to that except for us to learn how to love each other better all the time not just now but all the time but i just want to just needed to acknowledge the moms our, of moms of african-american particularly males um, our hearts are with you you know as you kind of deal with that fear that you have and I think maybe I'm kind of hmm, realizing that a little bit more in light of the past few weeks. So thinking about you, praying with you, just kind of want to reiterate. Re and you're welcome here. I want to reiterate, you're welcome here. This is a place where you can come and worship and be loved, and your children can too. This is a safe place uh, for your sons and your daughters. It is. It is. So emotions, man, just run rampant on Mother's Day. And... Now, part of that, you kind of mentioned, ladies, and questions. Remember, if you got questions, Cheyenne's over here, the question receiver. we got questions coming in. You have questions to ask these gals about anything going on. It doesn't have to be a woman asking a question. Men, you can too. You can send them in. We'll kind of have some questions here. But I want, I want you to talk about identity, about the identity of being a mom, particularly a mom. Uh, but I think about these ladies who never could become a mom. And today, it's even more in their face. 
So I want to read a scripture, and I want you to listen to it, particularly to you too, Cheyenne, but Kim and Janice, and I want to look here at the camera. I want to read it to you, Psalm 139. And when you hear this about identity, when you hear this scripture, what do you sense God saying to you about your identity as a woman, as a mom, or if you're not a mom, but you're a woman, and then how will you encourage folks? So here it is, Psalm 139. It says, you have searched me, Lord. Uh, and you know me. Uh, you know when I sit. You know when I rise. Uh, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You, Lord, you're familiar uh, with all my ways. Verse 13, Psalm 139. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Here it comes. I praise you, God, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. In other words, I'm a piece of work because you made me. I mean, what do you when you hear that? What, what, what does that mean to you, God? Because I, and I know that full well. I know that full well. So let's just stop right there. I could read so much more. But when you hear this, ladies, what's the scripture saying to you? about your identity what, what are you hearing yeah so i think that scripture is so important for all of us to really take that in and recognize that before we are mom before we are wife and i'm speaking to the mm. ladies here before we are wife before we are mom before we are even a grandmother that we are first a child of god we belong to god first and as much joy that comes with being a mom, women can lose themselves in that role because there's joy that comes with it. So it's easy to get lost in that and forget that we have this allegiance to God first. Okay. Kim, identity. So uh, we're the apple of God's eye. And we were created by God not to... God knows everything. God knew everything before we were born. He knew what we would be, who we would be. Uh, God knew the heartaches we would have. And some of that might fall in our roles as mother, daughter, sister, um, wife. But there are no surprises to God. And it's about us and our relationship with the Lord. That is, that is who we are. And for us to be very intentional with always seeking out that relationship first and knowing who we are and who we belong to first and i believe that that helps us be better in any other role we have okay but, but this, okay so let's talk about the why though why why do moms particularly moms have difficulty with getting to that place of their identity being in christ or in who god says they are why, why is that so because it's a hard thing. You said it's a job. It's a job. It is a job. It's an important job. But your identity, why is it so hard? What's so, going on? What's going on up here? So I'll speak just as a mother. As mothers, we, we become bonded to our children from the hormones that our brains are eliciting all the way to looking into the eyes as we feed them, all the way to raising them up. And I tell parents when I work with them, I work with people who are in addiction, and I will tell a grown 40-year-old man, when your mother is looking into your eyes, she doesn't see a 40-year-old. She sees her baby. That's what we see. Mm -hmm. And so that we can lose ourselves in our children's eyes. We can lose ourselves in that bond and that attachment. So the intentionality of owning who we are and being very clear with who we are all the time daily really requires that daily work helps us to have boundaries with our kids and and with other people too but but i'm speaking right now as a mom um, we see our we we see our babies until uh, forever forever that's what i believe to be so true. so you're saying that because the kids mm -hmm. They never, they grow up to be adults, but they never really grow beyond being your son or daughter. You get so caught up in that role. Right. Well, and the mirror neurons are happening. I'm looking into my son or my daughter's eyes, and I mean, we are reflecting each other all the time. It is a unique 
experience with mothers. Do you think that's because more so than a father? Be, why, why, I just ask you, why? why? Why does that more so with a mom? Moms have more difficult time with that identity thing mm -hmm. than men do as far as with their kids go. Why is that? Well, with moms, you think about from the very beginning, a infant, a child is so dependent upon their mother for everything, everything. And a mother has to sacrifice. She really has to be selfless. And I've done a lot of work in my office with new moms. And no one, I shouldn't say no one, many new moms aren't quite prepared for that because it's this total sacrifice, this total, total dependence that this infant has. And so it's easy to lose yourself as a mom because of all this focus and attention that that child requires. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't stop with infancy. It never stops. Yeah. Really, it never stops. Yeah. And, and that's where the joy comes in, the joy of being a mother. Sometimes it's easier to be a mom than it is to be a wife. Mm -hmm. Say that again. Sometimes it's easier to be a mom than it is to be a wife. Because being a mom, there is just this instant bond that happens. That child is formed in a mother's womb. So we carry that child. That love develops right away, right when we find out that we're expecting. That love is there. Have you found that to be true even in adoptions? Mm -hmm. Just thought just thought about, you know, we have so many in our church family who adopt or foster parents. And, man, the bond there just... Mm -hmm. And I also think it comes from a place that God created women to be nurturers. We love, most healthy women love to nurture. And there's joy that comes with that. Mm -hmm. And so it, with an adoptive child, you love that child and you nurture that child. And that yeah. love grows. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a sense of protection there that is from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Right. Just right. like it is for dads, right. but definitely with moms. Cheyenne, what are you hearing as our parent advocate? What are some of the stuff going on among our moms and families that regarding this whole thing about expectations and identity and role and everything that you're, what's going on with some of our parents? We actually have a, a picture that a very dear friend of mine <laughs> sent me. She has three children all under the age of six. And from, from all of our parents with littles, their roles, even my role as a mom has absolutely collided. I'm still working. I'm in charge of feeding them two, two more meals a day, their education and parenting them. And those roles have just clashed and collided. And I'm not sure if any of us have figured it out. Um, there's definitely some moments during this season that our children will be coming to you for help. <laughs> Um, so what, what encouragement could you give to moms that they're just trying to damage control all of these roles colliding at one time? Well, I, I will say at my work, because we're, we're do, doing the same thing, never in the history of the world have we dealt with anything like this. There, there is nothing to compare. We don't have any way to, uh, to measure what uh, to do. There's no to-do manual on how to handle this. So one thing is to give ourselves a lot of grace. We are not going to do permanent damage if our kids watch, play a few more video games. It's not going to last forever. Like, we need to, to be very careful not to over-dramatize that what's happening right now during this season when many people are spending a lot of time on, at home is the forever. It isn't the forever. It's what we're doing right now. If we do a little more fast food than we like, if we, we do a less exercise, we just are... Sometimes we expect ourselves to somehow still be this super parent or su have super kids. We need to chill. That's like, and, and, to under, and to give ourselves some grace. We don't, no one knows what they're doing. None of us <laughs> from the top down really know what we're doing. My That's thought. Okay. Thank you, Kim. Janice, anything to that? Yeah, I would say that just be patient with yourself as a mom. It, it, sometimes we don't give ourselves that grace like you talked about. So really being patient as a mom and, and letting go of some of those expectations. I would also add that moms need a support system. Mm -hmm. 
every day, <laughs> if possible, especially during this time of COVID. Have some people that you can tag team. If, if you feel safe and comfortable, you know, maybe you watch their child uh, and then they watch your child just to give yourself a break. I think that's really important. Also, don't be afraid to ask for help from dad and recognize that dad may do things a little bit differently and that's okay. That's okay. Uh, but be okay with asking for that. And that's not always easy for moms either to ask for help. We think for some reason that we have to manage it all. And that's just not true. Mm -hmm. Or I think sometimes the mind reading thing in marriages mm. about reading the mind about what is needed, right? Mm. You should know that blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, I didn't know. <laughs> Y'all don't see that ever, do you? That's not true. No, no. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh -oh. And everything, all of a sudden you're tiptoeing on eggshells. Oh, I didn't know. Oh. And everything. So, man, that, that, I, that's so important, isn't it? About giving it really is. this asking, can you please do this? Can you please do that? Man, men, listen to this, men. I think one of the art, those of you at home, were. And we got to speak to single moms here in a second, too. I want you to make sure we don't leave out our single moms. It's such a vast part of our, of our church family. Is uh, we gotta, You got to, hey, ask the question yourself. If, if she's not asking you, ask her, what can I do to help you out? Mm -hmm. And uh, even if she doesn't tell you anything, then just go find something to do. Okay, just don't go, oh, she didn't say she needed any help. Uh, I promise you she still needs some help. Do something. Just well, and, and one other thing I would add is to, just like you were mentioning, um, your, the person you were, were texting this morning, we need to be very careful with our time, and we need to really think about what, how we're using our time uh, as moms, if we're at home with kids or not, um, to, to think about, do I need to be on social media a lot or not? Is that a good use of my time? I have so many hours in a day. How do I want to use it? And really think about this because we can lose hours we'll never get back uh, binge watching some mindless show and and we could be playing board games with our kids or we could be uh, reaching out to friends and there are other things we could be doing so I think we need to not get too wrapped up in being a victim of this but to claim some of this as an opportunity for growth and an opportunity for resilience and to know that we're going to come through this we can come through this better, absolutely better, when this is over. I'm, I'm convinced many of us will be have a deeper resiliency. We will have a deeper capacity to experience joy and, and all of the emotions. But we, we have to be intentional about that. It's not going to happen magically. Okay. So, Kim, that, that reminds me that even in this time of COVID, that there has been a lot of things taken from us, but we've heard from a lot of families um, that they have been gifted moments that they would not have gotten. I remember the first week that we were um, trying to figure everything out. My husband, Matt, he's awesome. He looked at me and said, Cheyenne, how many times have you asked for time to slow down? How many times have you dreamed of moments that you could have more time with your kids in a day, and now you have it? Um, we've got a question from one of our moms that they have this time with their, their teenager. How do we get them to engage? How can we, you've already kind of touched on mm -hmm. it, less social media, think about what you're doing, set your priorities, but how can we engage our teenagers in this time? So teenagers are, are unique because they, they have more capacity to make choices and they have more opportunity and knowledge. Um, and they're at a different developmental stage. So sometimes, depending on the relationship with the adolescent and what we know about them, uh, they may need a little more bandwidth to be able to, to be on social media. They're not going to always want to sit down and have like a kumbaya circle with the, the family. That's not what teenage kids do. Um, so we can, we can set some expectations, but we don't need to expect them to be like wanting to sit beside us on the sofa while we watch modern family reruns. Like, they're not going to do that. So you touched on realistic expectations, both of you, every mm -hmm. time. So that must be super important yes. for motherhood is for us to set realistic expectations. Yeah. What, what are realistic expectations? Yeah. Teach us. <laughs> Let's talk about realistic expectations. Uh, is there anything we can do with that? For our children, 
for ourselves. For ourselves. Yeah, I think part of it is recognizing that you're going to make mistakes as a mom. You just are. Our children don't come with the manual, right? And so as your children are growing, so are you growing as a mom. So make sure that your expectations for your children match where they are developmentally too. Just like you said, we can't expect our 16-year-old to want to be around their parents all the time. Part of the developmental stage of, of being in that age is pulling away so they can figure out who am I? Who am I around my peers? Who am I uh, with, with my parents? And so there's this identity uh, searching that they're doing. So recognize part of our expectations need to match where they are developmentally. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's how I, I just see so many parents who have expectations of themselves that are unrealistic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're just, they set themselves up for failure on being super mom or super parent or super dad and super something, super, 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 super. It goes back to that identity thing of pleasing everybody. Mm -hmm. yeah. so, so that makes me think about something Cheyenne and I spoke of earlier, which is mentors and uh, being humble and being teachable all throughout our lives. And, uh, and especially during this time, we have an opportunity, if we're having a hard time, reach out to a friend who you feel like did it, has done it well or is doing it well right now and say, I need help, uh, help me out. I, I have, I'm blessed with a, a circle of friends who really know me all the way. Like there's, there's not much, at all that they don't know and they love me dearly and I love them dearly and I could reach out to them and, and ask for help and that gives me such peace and comfort and to know that I can don't have to be perfect that that I have other people who are gonna say I know how you feel and I know what that's like so so being teachable and having mentors and and really inviting them, in, inviting them in don't wait for them to come invite them into your world and look for help and, and would you say that's really great advice for our single parents too? Yes. One of our questions that has come in is, how do we do all these things you're talking about as a single parent when the dads aren't around? Mm. You can't. You cannot do everything. <laughs> it's not possible. So you set your priorities. What's non-negotiable? Food, sleep, mm -hmm. non-negotiable. School, eh, right? I mean, we just set our priorities. What's non-negotiable? And those are the things that have to happen. And then we let other things slide. This pandemic is not gonna last forever and not everybody's gonna have to repeat a grade. It's going to be okay. It's gonna be, and our kids will all learn to read and they will all be, go to, to have math and they'll all get jobs. And we just need to not future trip, as they say, that the whole world is gonna fall apart because the spring semester didn't go well. I think there's hope in that Psalm 139 as well when I am fearfully and wonderfully made and y'all are talking about identity and the fact that we can have a lot of fails as parents, but God's going to make a difference right. and it's going to be fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So calm down is what I hear you saying. Yeah, and I just <laughs> want to add to that. I was a single parent for about seven years. And so it is, it is very, very difficult to be a single parent. I don't think that I could have gotten through those times if I hadn't had my parents helping me. My wonderful mom would babysit, you know, for me when I needed that time away mm -hmm. or, or whatever. And I had friends in my life and I had some things that were important to me as well. So I didn't just cowered underneath that stress of being a single mm -hmm. parent. And so if, if you're a single parent, I really encourage you to have that support system and take care of your own needs. You cannot do it all without filling your own cup up first. And do not feel guilty about it. I have to just reiterate that. Uh, many moms feel guilty about asking for that time. And it's okay. It's part of filling yourself up so you can be a better mom. Yeah, moms do a number on themselves, don't they? Yeah. So many moms, they just do a number on themselves. It's just uh, such a... Whew. So let's, let's, let's just talk about 
that just a little bit because there are so many emotions as we discussed earlier, and one of them is grief mm -hmm. right now. There's so much mm -hmm. loss and expectations and all this stuff is going on. So uh, what, what would you say about the grief issue? What, what's, what's happening? Why are people experiencing, those that are experiencing grief, what's going on? Talk about the losses mm -hmm. that are happening. Well, there's a lot of loss happening right now. You know, we think about graduations that aren't happening in the same way that uh, maybe a mother expected it to happen. Um, the loss of maybe a job, a job being furloughed. Um, the loss of prom, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so we are experiencing uh, much more grief and loss right now. And uh, I would say honor those feelings. Don't be afraid to share those feelings with your friends and you know your close group. I think too many times we try to stuff those feelings down and we need to honor them. You know, feelings are really an external guide. I'm sorry, an internal guide. Our senses are an external guide, but our feelings guide us internally. So that grief is trying to teach you something. It's teaching you the importance of these life events, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it's teaching you how much you really care and love something. And so I think we just need to honor that grief. Uh, I talked to a parent this past week, and she said that her friends had, were really minimizing. Well, yes, your, your daughter's graduation is going to look different. However, at least they don't have COVID. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's still a loss. So you don't yeah. want to minimize those feelings that you have. Yeah, those are real. They're there they for a reason. Real. God They're, is using those yes. things. Don't discount them. Do Walk not over discount them. them. Yeah. We had a question come in from someone talking about this grief thing who said, uh, first Mother's Day without their mom. Mm. Mm. What would you say to someone that is their first Mother's Day without their mom? Yeah, I think it's my first, oh, who's lost a mother? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I was going to say, I'm physically not with my mom, and that's very hard, but to that's really, real, yeah, yeah, just not to really have you. lost a okay, mom, but. yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a significant, this is that first day, that, I mean, the first Mother's Day and how hard that would be mm -hmm. uh, to, to really uh, give space. A lot of people who I've worked with who are in deep grief, um, they, they will set aside, even the first year or two, set that aside a day and, and just let themselves feel, feel terrible. We get to feel terrible sometimes. Feeling terrible is an okay thing. It, and, and one of the things I would say is that we, we as, as much joy as we want to experience in life is, is counterbalanced by the amount of, of pain we can feel in life. They are, they are sides of the same spectrum. And when we allow ourselves to feel a deep and profound joy, we're going to feel that deep and profound sadness sometimes. And, and Judy Madden taught me that uh, when I lost my dad. She was like, would you give up one bit of this grief to have lost that one bit of that love? Yeah. No. So we have to just experience the whole spectrum. So for people who, have, who aren't with their mothers or not with their children today, um, it's okay to feel bad. Yeah. You know, I think some of us are products of homes where our parents did not allow us to feel bad. And as soon as we started feeling bad, they wanted us to make us feel good instead of letting us sit there in that discomfort. And if we don't sit there, we never learn that's a natural part of life, right? Right. That those are emotions that God has made, kind of like pain. You know, if you numb up a, something where you don't feel the pain, well, you don't know there's a problem. You run from it. You run from it. And sometimes we parents tend to do that, trying to rescue mm -hmm. our kids mm -hmm. from pain and discomfort and grief. And we do it to ourselves. Like you're saying, not allowing ourselves to experience that loss, that mm -hmm. suffering, what, what, whatever that, that may be. Just, I'm, I'm aware of our time. We'll kind of get to a place where we've got to shift in a second. So I've got one quick question, and then we're going to talk about grandmothers for a moment, you know, our, our, our grandmoms. Um, how, can you give us a little bit of help about toxic relationships? About how, what are some of the things that help us define toxicity? Because sometimes we find ourselves, women do, in friendships that are toxic, or maybe with a mother-in-law, or even our own parent. 
That can be a toxic, so that can make this a hard day. How would you define a toxic, what makes a relationship toxic? Yeah, so a toxic relationship is definitely a relationship where you may not see healthy boundaries there. Uh, you may think it's okay for someone to talk to you in a disrespectful tone repeatedly, okay? Uh, there may be some toxic behaviors that just, when you're around that person, just doesn't feel good. Give me an example of a toxic behavior. Yeah, so let's say that you have a parent who has an addiction, and you're around your parent when this addiction is taking place. That is a very unhealthy place to be because what can happen with that is as, as a daughter, it can change the roles because now as a daughter, you feel like you need to take care of your mom. Mm -hmm. So it mm -hmm. gets that out mm -hmm. of order. That's not God's mm -hmm. design. Mm -hmm. And so that would be an example of a toxic relationship. Okay. Okay. So abuse uh, of any sort, yes. so uh, the, the four A's, addiction, abuse, uh, adultery in marriages, and um, I'll think of the other one in a minute. But there are, there are things that we can know that our, where our boundaries are being violated, and those are our signals, that there is something toxic in the relationship. If people have love and are a willingness, a mutual willingness to talk things through, we're never always at our best. And so sometimes I might say something that I don't mean or say something that isn't okay. If I'm in a healthy relationship, a person can talk, will, will confront me or talk me through that and we work it through together. That's not toxic. Everything doesn't always feel good, but it's that, uh, that willingness to work together, being on the same side of the... I've said before, it's like a t doubles tennis match where me and my partner, me and my child... We're on one side and the opponent is on the other side. We're not against each other. We're on the same team fighting against a mutual opponent. That's not toxic. Toxic is when we feel against each other and we're hurting or we hurt someone else. And it's, it's very disruptive. So we have to set really good boundaries. Ongoing conflict. Ongoing conflict. Conflict that's perpetual, mm -hmm. very sensitive, or someone's very controlling, mm -hmm. my way or the highway all those sort of all things the, mm -hmm. are kind of creating a, a toxic thing. So we can set those boundaries yeah. for ourselves. And it's okay for adult women to set boundaries from their own toxic mom, even on Mother's Day. Right, it would be. It would be self-care if it were yeah. necessary, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I want to add to that because, again, it can come to that expectation. So, you know, we may expect we need to be around our mothers, you know, all day. And, but if that toxic behavior is happening, that's not healthy. So yeah. a little bit can go a long way. Maybe you still spend time with your mother, but you don't spend the whole day. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes that really gets a pain in a marriage mm -hmm. where a wife or a husband could be a mama's boy mm -hmm. where they stay more connected to the tether of that parent than they do their spouse. And they rely upon the mother or their father more than they do the spouse. That would be toxic, wouldn't mm -hmm. it? That'd be toxic to the marriage. It would. When someone does that. And boy, we see that a lot. Mm -hmm. That well, part of that identity is I'm still connected to that identity between that connection instead of between my father, my heavenly parent, mm -hmm. or my spouse or my yeah. Yeah. Okay. Time is getting away from us here really quickly. It's almost 11.25 here. So we're going to be finished here in about five or six minutes here. Just kind of hear me here. we got a video at the end to wrap up. It's going to be fun. You don't want to miss it, okay? And we're going to have a prayer before we do that. You got a big question? We have one quick question. Big question. Tim and Janice, what is the best part of being a mom? You have to, I don't know. It's oh my all goodness. good. <laughs> That's good to hear. It's all it, good. You know what? I'm a, I'll just say the best thing for me about being a mom this year, I have two, two young adult children is watching, like, n have, having known them all their lives and the amazing adults that they are today. And I, I have nothing, I, I get no credit for that. That is all God, and a lot of credit goes to this church family, I might add, <laughs> and to my husband, and I get a little bit. <laughs> okay. So the best part of being a mom is watching them grow. It really is to see them grow through childhood to adulthood and then the relationship when they become adults is just as special 
as it is when they were a child. Sometimes yeah. we think we're losing them when they become adults. We're really not. It's just looking different. And yeah. I still just have joy and, and just love it when my boys call me. I, I love it. I yeah. love it when I have those adult conversations. Yeah, in fact, I, I would suggest that you, you lose them if they never leave home. <laughs> True. So if they never yeah. leave home, yeah. you really don't have a relationship. They're not, that's a very unhealthy situation mm -hmm. itself. Because you want them to grow up and you want them to leave. Because that way you can have a relationship with them. Because if they stay, you don't. <laughs> uh, so, okay, it's 1127. We're going to have to shift past the grandparent thing. I'm sorry. And we got to get toward our prayer time. But I want to say this right here. I want to read from Proverbs 31. And I want to say this to all the ladies. And then we're going to have a prayer time. And uh, I hope I just didn't miss Andrew up here. Because he's going to come join us. Uh, but we're not going to, we don't have time for our grandparent thing. Uh, ladies, I want you to hear this one verse. Every, every lady, I want you to listen what it says. It says, Proverbs 31, 30, it says, charm is deceptive. It says, beauty is fleeting. Now, as a male, uh, we men really appreciate all the time uh, you ladies spend <laughs> on charming us and your beauty because we enjoy both. I want you to hear what the scripture says again. A charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord on the inside that somehow you have a bond with God and you seek him and you long for him so much so deep and you revere him, that is a beauty and a charm that this world can't touch, that age can't touch. It can't. And that's what makes so many women attractive and charming is this hunger and beauty they have for the Lord. And, and that is my prayer for you, all ladies, that you would find your identity in Jesus Christ, not in your spouse, not in your children, not in your grandchildren, not in your job, but in God himself. And there's nothing more beautiful than that. There, there just is. So we want to pray over all of our, our ladies, over all of our households here, and, and I'm going to invite these gals here, because they, they're women and they understand you more than I do. They walked in your shoes. I, I have not. So uh, let's kind of just spend a little time here winding up praying over our houses and over the ladies particularly. And Janice, if you would start us, I would appreciate it. And I'll, I'll close us out. Will you do that? Thank you, ladies. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Janice. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you so much for mothers. We know, Lord, that you have designed us perfectly. Lord, we thank you for creating us in your image, God. Part of that image is being able to love, just to love so freely and openly, God, to our children. The ability to sacrifice, Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, thank you for knowing us, knowing our past, knowing our present, and knowing our future, and loving us anyway, God. I thank you for how you have created us and how you have knit us together, Lord. We thank you. Lord, thank you for this beautiful day and for every household that you created. No matter what the who's, who lives in the house, it doesn't matter. This house belongs to you. And, and just for every mother out there uh, and in her role as a mother, we just pray for her and over her and, and hope that uh, you speak into her and that she's open to hearing your word. Uh, bless her children. Uh, bless her family and her husband. Uh, all members of the household. That you're just there in that home and that you are guiding their steps day by day, especially during this difficult time. Good morning, God. We just thank you for the messy and chaotic life that is parenting. 
We know that in this season of COVID that there are lots of things that we could focus on that are negative. And God, we just ask that you help us be courageous in identifying those things that are bringing grief to us, but also help us shift our focus in the fact that you are in the middle of all of it. You are right there with us in the moments where we feel like we cannot hide from our children. God, you see us. You have not left us. You have not forsaken us. And you have not forsaken your children. God, we just trust you with everything that we have. That we know that you have made us fearfully and wonderfully. And what you have put in motion in our lives, you will finish. And for us to put our confidence in you. Even on the days we feel like we have nothing left, we just thank you for this thing called motherhood. And God, I pray that you would touch every hurt, every place of anxiety, every place of stress, every nerve ending of every woman on this planet with your grace-filled presence. That they would know that they are made in your image. That they are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that their identity is not determined by how their kids turn out, but it's who you say they are. And that you would continue to equip them with all the skills uh, you would fill them with enough love that they would even experience God forgiveness <laughs> and get rid of all the guilt that they carry about not measuring up God's forgive themselves God and just to get that guilt away and just find joy in the relationships just joy in their children joy in their grandchildren joy in their neighbors, joy in their daughter-in-laws and son-in-laws, just joy in their spouse. Just find joy, God, in the gift of today. God, I pray for those moms, particularly those moms who live with fear. For those moms who are grieving, that you would comfort them. would strengthen and let them know they're not alone that even now you are with them in the name of the resurrected Jesus we pray amen and amen I want to thank again uh, Kim and Janice and Cheyenne for joining us next weekend we're going to have a new message series four weeks called Mindset I can think of that would be great for moms, the mindset of being a mom. But just in general, I mean, how do you cope in your mind? Get stronger in your mind uh, for just being a better person on this earth, particularly in this pandemic. But we cannot leave until uh, you hear from your kids because we asked them a few questions about their moms. And, oh, you're going to love this. Check it out.
14 years. A lot of times. Nine years. Twelve. A lot of times that mommy and papa. 14 years. Yeah. Um, eight years. Since 2013. Um, 11 years. Eight years. Seven years. Seven years. Sixteen. Sixteen. <laughs> uh, like a thousand years. Six years. Obviously, I don't know if she was sassy or not. Well, right now she's sassy, so maybe, yeah. Mm hmm. Crazy. Laughing. Um, that's a tough one. I don't know. <laughs> Wild. Skinny and pale. And, and hyper in me. And, and, and hyper in me. Happy Mother's Day! 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 Happy Mother's Day, Mom! And my wife bought my socks, if you just have to know. Hey, next weekend, Mindset, four weeks. Love you, church family. Bye.